Here we go. She Runs Ultras, episode number 12. And this one is going to be all about zone two training. But first, I want to give just a real quick shout out to some of the listeners that have reached out over the past week, sharing their stories and their thoughts about the podcast. So a big hello to Jenny, Allison, Raul, and Sarah. It seriously makes my day when I get to hear from you guys. So keep them coming. All right, a quick training update for those of you that are following along with my training. These past couple of weeks here in New Hampshire have been pretty interesting from a weather perspective. We've have had everything from rain, sleet, snow, ice. We've basically had it all. We've covered covered the full gamut. And the last couple of days have actually been in the 40s, which is nice. And it's basically a heat wave. So there's that. <laughs> I had to seriously adjust all the layers that I was wearing the other day from my usual attire that I wear around here. So my training is going well. I did manage to bust a yak track, which for those of you guys that live in permanently warm climates is a contraption that you put on your running shoes to give you more traction in snow, sleet, and ice. And I do have to give a big shout out to my husband though, because this week he solved two problems for me. The first was that busted yak track because he secretly ordered me some new ones before I could even get to it. So that problem has been fixed. The other problem was my rear tire on my tri bike going flat. It's set up on my indoor trainer so that I can ride it whenever the weather is just too nasty to run. And he fixed that too. So I'm back in business firing on all cylinders. Thank you, Adam. I'm also noticing that I'm beginning to feel the effects of my training in a good way. Like I'm getting that good kind of muscle soreness that comes when you start to increase your training. And I basically combat this by doing my daily shakedowns and some focused stretching and mobility work sort of as needed. And just as a side note, I don't just do that stuff to manage muscle soreness, but I also do it because I want to keep as much physical capacity as I can as I continue to age. I know I can't stop the aging process, but I'm going to try to do everything that I can to keep my body moving well throughout the years. And you know the old saying, if you don't use it, you lose it. It's true, unfortunately, so I make a point to try and move my whole body in as many different ways as I can each and every day. And I post a lot of this stuff over on Instagram, so if you're interested or you kind of just want to get a better sense of what I'm talking about, head over there to check it out. Okay, enough about me. Let's get into zone two. So this topic came up during a call that I had with my Run Farther Faster Stronger group this week, and I was surprised at the level of, let's call it unrest and maybe anxiety that it brought on. So just a little context here, we were talking about training plans and I was helping one of the group members edit her plan live on the call. And while we were doing that, I made mention of the fact that a certain portion of her runs should be in zone two and another portion should be race specific, meaning she should be working on simulating the conditions that she'll face on the day of her, what we would call a priority, her big race for the season that she's training for. And after that call, the group spent a couple of weeks kind of playing around in zone two 
And that's actually when I started to get an onslaught of comments and questions about it. And a lot of them were to the effect of what the hell question mark exclamation point. I mean, there's like a lot of punctuation that went along with these statements. So just that's a given. The next few kind of were like, this sounds so easy. Why is it so hard? It feels like I'm not doing enough work. This hardly seems worth it. This is going to take so much time. (laughs) So that's when I knew that this was something I had to talk about on the podcast, because if they were feeling this way, then it was almost guaranteed that some of you guys are also feeling this way about zone two. And it's quite even possible that some of you don't know zone two, you haven't heard of it, you're not training there. And if you fall into that category, it's okay. So back in episode 10, we talked about heart rate training. So go back and listen to that one if you haven't already. But this time, I'm going to just specifically focus on zone two, not any of the other zones, because it's such an important part of running, regardless of what distance you're training for, whether that's 5k or 100 miles, right? Um, Real quick, zone two is 60 to 70% of your max heart rate. And the simplest way that you can calculate it is to subtract your age from the number 220 and then multiply it by 0.6 and 0.7 to find that range. Now, I like round numbers, so let's just say you're 40 years old. So your max heart rate is going to be 180 that's 220 minus 40. And your zone two, the range for zone two would be 108 to 126 beats per minute. Now, there are certainly more complicated and more precise ways to build out your zones and know your heart rate ranges. But this is if you're just getting started, or if you're really not into the numbers that much, but you kind of just want to know, this is the simplest, easiest way to start working with heart rate zone training. All right. So now that you've got your numbers, what do you do with them? Okay. Well, the big reason and the whole point of this podcast is that I want to share with you the reason you should be training in zone two is because it builds your aerobic base and your endurance. So this means that you'll have the ability to run for longer periods of time, feel more comfortable doing it, and you'll be able to maintain a faster pace for longer. And not only that, but you'll also recover faster from those harder efforts. That sounds like a pretty good deal to me. So what's the downside? Well, for a lot of runners, (laughs) you heard it before, staying in zone two is hard. It feels exactly like what the runners in my group said, like you're not doing enough work. It hardly seems worth it. It takes forever. And this is kind of where your ego comes into play. Because if you subscribe to the idea that all your runs have to be these physically exhausting efforts, you're probably going to have a tough time with zone two work because it's such a departure from your normal, natural, automatic way of doing things. But on the flip side, zone two training is what allows you to function at a higher level for longer periods of time. So how do you implement it? Well, I'll start off by saying you should always have some zone two in your life, which is coincidentally how I feel about chocolate. (laughs) 
how much zone two will depend on what phase of training you're in. So back in episode four, I think it was when I talked about how to write your own kick-ass training plan, I really um, went into detail about each phase in your training. And there's actually a PDF that you can download that kind of walks you through it because I like to learn things two ways. You know, I'm an auditory learner plus a visual learner and actually, I guess, a kinesthetic learner. So three ways. So that's why I built out the PDF. It's the link for that is in the show notes back in episode four. So go and check that out. I think I'll also put it here though, just in case. Anyway, so I'm just going to kind of cruise through these phases and I'm going to give a pretty simple overview of how much zone two should be in each one. All right. So your base phase, this is kind of at the beginning of your training plan. Whenever you start, the majority of your work should be in zone two. Okay. So this is the time that you start to build up that aerobic engine. When you move to the build phase, I would say 70 to 80% of your work should be in zone two. And this is when you'll start to add in some of the other stuff like intervals, speed, pace, tempo, hills, you know, repeats, all of that other stuff. When you get to the peak phase, one to two runs per week should be in zone two. And this is highly dependent on how many overall runs you're doing each week. So if you're running like five to six times a week, then maybe two or even three of those runs should be zone two. If you're running three or four times a week, maybe just one, but it's really dependent on the person. Okay. So this is just a real high level overview. Then we get to kind of the taper. And I'm of the opinion that most of your work here should be in zone two with some short sprints or strides kind of baked into those runs to allow you to kind of shake out the legs. So that's it, like a real simple overview. And if you're just starting with zone two training, you don't need more than that. This kind of outline for how to implement it will work just fine. The The kicker is you have to actually do the work. You have to kind of bake it into your training plan and use those numbers, pay attention to them, evaluate your runs and adjust accordingly. If your objective is to run fast, then I will wholeheartedly admit that this kind of training seems counterintuitive. It seems totally weird to go so slow, but the human body is kind of a different machine. It gets stronger when you apply the appropriate amount of positive stress at the right level and the right dosage. You might hear this referred to as eustress, E-U-S-T-R-E-S-S. And the whole idea behind having a training plan is applying the right stress at the right amount at the right amount of time. So if you're not tracking the stress being applied to the body in the form of running or strength training or cross training, whatever you're doing, then how do you know what to do when and for how long, right? This is why I'm such a huge proponent of training plans because it gives you that big and little picture of what to do for the year on this on the high end on the big side and on the day to day hour to hour basis on the smaller, the shorter side, right? And if you're not tracking those things, it's kind of like 
it's kind of like a shotgun shell, right? It, when when the shot comes out, it basically scatters and it goes all over the target. It's not a focused, pinpointed effort. And sure, when you have a training plan or you're building one, you're going to try different things. You're going to experiment. But the whole point is to use the information from those early workouts when you're experimenting and trying new things. Use that data to then be able to hone in so that you're aimed at the center of the target. And the center of that target is your A priority race, right? Everything feeds up to that. So zone two applies this low level of stress in order to condition the body for the increased loads that you're going to eventually see as you progress through your training plan, all right? All in all, zone two is your friend. And it's especially your friend if you're training for an ultra. I have to say, I've always been a fan of zone two, and that's mostly because I have such a distaste for speed work. I still do it. Doesn't mean I love it. (laughs) So I'm perfectly happy to just trot along in zone two all day long, but I get that it's not everybody's cup of tea. It takes patience and quite frankly, some wrangling of your ego. One of the reasons that I stopped running road marathons was because I couldn't ever break the four hour mark. I mean, I probably could have, but it would have required more speed work and trying to run faster than I was willing to do back at the time. And every time I talked to somebody about my running back then, their number one question was, well, how fast are you? Or what was your finishing time? And I got so sick of hearing this question that it made me want to transition into trail running because that's when I realized that walking was totally acceptable and that everyone in the community was more focused on your individual effort and whether or not you enjoyed yourself. So that was kind of a no-brainer right decision for me. Sorry, that was a little bit of a tangent. But my point is, if you're not doing zone two because you're afraid of what someone else might think or say about your running times, you're missing out. Okay, this is a big one. So don't skip over this. It's not about them. It's about you. And I see this so much and it really fries me when people ask runners or other runners ask their friends who are runners about their training and their only metric, the only thing they care about is time. That is a big breakdown, right? It's not just about time. It's about the process. It's about the outcome. And it's about the habits that you're going to pick up, the skills that you're going to build, the aerobic capacity that you're going to build. It's about all of these things. It's not just about time. So try to get away from that, okay? Like try to get away from asking your friends about their times. Ask them if they enjoyed their run. Ask them what they're working on instead of just assuming that they're focused on time, okay? Because zone two is a long game. The benefits of this type of training aren't immediately felt. So if you're looking for a quick fix, if that's your jam, this isn't it, all right? I'm just gonna come right out and say it. But if you're looking for a way to enjoy your runs more, get a more efficient aerobic system and eventually kick some ass, then this is where you should invest your time and effort. 
Okay, so hopefully that was helpful for you guys. If you have questions about any of this stuff, by all means, let me know. You can DM me over on Instagram at findyourultra or send me an email and I'll put my email address down in the show notes below. So get out there, practice your zone two, post about it, talk about it, share it with your friends, ask them how their zone two training is going. Enjoy this beat and I'll see you all soon. Thank you.